Thank you all for being here today. Uh, we do greatly appreciate your presence with us. Um, it's still summertime. We're enjoying, we're enjoying the heat, right? It's a hot day, but we're enjoying that. And uh, we are looking forward to fall, right? We're looking forward to getting back into a routine. Okay, maybe we're not. But um, whether we're, we're looking forward to it or not, fall is upon us. Um, I've been thinking recently about something that I experienced way back in 2008. It was a simpler time back in 2008. It was the winter of 2008, and I found myself in beautiful, sunny California for a conference about small groups or community groups or Bible studies or whatever you want to call it. And it was, um, it, it rained the entire time I was there. <laughs> it was like three or four days I was there. It rained the entire time. And so I'm at this uh, conference uh, learning about small groups uh, with a group from a church. And I uh, learn all this great stuff, all this, you know, fantastic information about the importance of community and being together and not just showing up some more Sunday morning, but actually to be engaged in each other's lives and all this, that, and the other. And it was then the winter of 2008, that I first heard a phrase about God that made me incredibly uncomfortable, that creeped me out a bit, a phrase about God. And since then, I have read this phrase and heard this phrase many, many times. It's a phrase that I've heard pastors say and professors say. It's a a phrase that I've come across in books. And the phrase that makes me very uncomfortable, you know, I don't even want to say it. I wish I could just put it up on the screen so I wouldn't have to speak these words because it's so uncomfortable to say. But for the sake of the one person who listens to the podcasts, I am going to say it out loud. And the phrase is this. Okay. Intimacy with God. Isn't that weird? Isn't that awkward? Doesn't that make you a little bit uncomfortable? I mean, I'm cringing just saying it. Intimacy with God. I heard that phrase for the first time, like I said, winter of 2008. And it immediately made me uncomfortable. And I got what the speaker was talking about. I understood what he meant closeness, closeness with God. But when I hear the phrase intimacy with God, the first word I hear is intimacy. And the first thought that comes to mind when I hear the word intimacy is the same thing that comes to your mind when I hear the word intimacy, right? We reserve that term for like romantic stuff. You know what we reserve that term for. And so I'm like, can't you use a different phrase? Can't you put it a different way? Intimacy with God? Come on. That's weird. Um, Just last year, I was having a, a, a breakfast meeting with a few guys, and we were we were planning the men's retreat, the 2017 men's retreat, and so we're sitting out talking about what we're trying to accomplish during this retreat, and one of the guys speaks up. He's like, you know, we just got to get these guys to know that they can really have intimacy with God, and there was a hush. <laughs> we all just kind of stared down at our eggs for a minute, <laughs> and they said, well, clearly I'm not going to use that phrase. I mean, I'm not going to say that because this is men we're talking to. Like, okay, good, all right, great, but it's a, weir- it's a weird phrase. It's weird terminology. I confess that I've used this terminology before, but we all understand what was meant by that, right? A closeness, a close interpersonal relationship where God knows you, God already knows you, he doesn't need to get to know you, he doesn't need to sit down across the table from you and say, tell me about yourself. He knows you already, he knows you better than you know yourself, he knows us better than we know ourselves, we know that, right? He made us, he knows our weaknesses, he knows our strengths, he knows our hearts, he knows our fears, he knows our insecurities, he knows our pride issues, he knows us, but he, in turn, wants to be known by us. That's why we have the Bible, that's one of the top reasons why the Bible exists, why God brought this thing into creation, was because he wants to be known by us. God identifies, he self-identifies, as our Father. I am your Father, humankind. I am your Father. That's what he says to us. He wants to be our Father. He wants to have that kind of close, intimate relationship with us. And if you look at the entirety of Scripture, 
not just the New Testament where Jesus comes in, but the Old Testament, and I want to say specifically the Old Testament, you see Father God yearning, there's another word we're really comfortable with, yearning for a relationship with His creation. You see Him specifically working with the nation of Israel and calling one man and building him into this nation. You see the kind of relationship that He wants to have. Even that term relationship we're not exactly comfortable with, are we, Right? But he wants to be in relationship with us. He wants to have that closeness with us. That's something that, that God desires. He's not this abstract figure in the sky making up rules. He wants to be known by us. He wants to be in relationship with us. And so this is one of the realities that we have to come to terms with. And for those of you who have been a part of Hope for a while, this is probably not a new idea to you, but it is kind of a countercultural idea in the way that, that most people think about God. Most people think about God as some distant figure in the sky. We think about God as a close figure who's near to us, as someone who loves us and wants to be known by us. Now, last week we started this series that we're in today called Time on Your Side, and this is a series about time and how we use our time, and how we spend our time. And the term that I like to use is how we invest our time, how we invest our time. And last week we talked about, for those of you here who might remember, all the good things, all the good opportunities that come our way that we need to say no to. Because like I said last week, there are all these invitations we receive and all these opportunities to spend our time, and people are after your time. They're just after it. And so we have to safeguard our time. We have to protect our schedules. We have to learn to say no to some good things for the sake of being able to do great things. And when we look at our calendar, when we look at our schedule, we shouldn't be asking the question, hey, what could I do? But we should be asking, what must I do, right? What must I do to achieve the work that I was created to achieve here on this earth? I know that's a big thing, but we should look at our schedules this way. And I hope that you took that message to heart. I hope that you did. Because starting today and for the next two Sundays, we're going to talk about things that you should be, we should be investing our time doing certain things. And so the first thing that we should be doing with our time, a wise way to invest our time, is we should invest some time into our relationship with Father God. That is a wise way to invest your time. And there's a reason that we're listing this first is because it should be, and, and those of you who have been Christians for a while, you kind of know this already, it should be the most important relationship in our lives. And here's the thing, whether you're a Christian or not, the relationship that you have with God, there's going to be a day where that's all that matters, where that's all that matters. There's going to be a day where you die. Okay, spoiler alert, we're all going to die. There's going to be a day where you die and you come face to face with your creator. And all that's going to matter in that moment is your relationship with him. Not the wealth that you accumulated, not your education, not your friendships. Not, it's just your relationship with him. And so that's a very, this is an important thing to invest in. You don't want to come face-to-face. None of us want to come face-to-face with God and be like, oh, wait, who are you? And who am I to you? And what do you think of me? We want to build our relationship with God. And the only way to do that is to invest time in that relationship. So how do we invest time in our relationship with God? How do you do that? Oh, boy, I've got some groundbreaking stuff for you today. Oh, stuff you've never heard before. You're going to be amazed by these, these three steps that I give you, these few steps I give you to how to build your relationship with God. Listen, I'm joking, because you know, you already know. There are things that we can do that help us build our relationship with God. Let me start with a relatively easy one. You can do this. 
right? Hey, look, you're all doing it. Gold star for today. You can spend time with other believers in this kind of a worship setting, at the worship event, at a Sunday morning service, going to a church service, whatever you want to call it, all this different terminology refers to the same thing. Coming together as a collective to stand and sing to our God and sing about our God and hear the Word of God read and listen to somebody who matches the stage talk about God to you. This is a worthwhile thing to do. And every Sunday when we pray, I think it's just about every Sunday as we pray together, pray together, do a little powwow. Sometimes you see that prayer powwow happen, right? Sometimes when we pray together, or almost every time we pray together, we're praying is, God, let this be a time where we can all grow in our relationship with you. You know, verify that for me. Don't I always say that? Yeah. Let this be a time where we grow in our relationship with you. And this is a time where you can grow in your relationship with your Father God, getting to know him better getting to know him better through interacting with his people, through hearing his word, through singing these songs. I mean, you know, it used to be I wasn't a big fan of, like, Christian music because it was so surfacy and so light. It's like, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. How many praises have we got here? But now I feel like there's something that's new, different about Christian music. It's deeper. I mean, some of the lyrics, the songs, are you paying attention to these lyrics? It's really profound stuff singing about our relationship with God and how much he loves us and what that relationship is like. And so this is, this is a wonderful way to spend your time. And you know what? You only have 52 opportunities a year to do this. And look at you. Here you are. Good for you. <laughs> this is a good way to invest your time. And see, one of my goals when we first started Hope Community Church is I don't want anybody to walk through those doors out of a sense of obligation, out of a sense of guilt, out of a sense of tradition. Well, this is just what I do. I wanted you to be here because you wanted to be here, because you found this to be a valuable experience, a valuable way to invest your time. And so as you look at your schedule, as you look at your calendar, as you look at those 52 opportunities, that's it, 52. How many of those are you willing to give up? How many of those are you willing to sacrifice? You only get 52 a year, right? Okay, 53 on a leap year if it's a Sunday. Okay, well, but you're about 52, that's all you get. So there are plenty of good reasons not to show up here. If you're sick, don't show up here. If you're on vacation, go on vacation. But just be mindful of the fact, let's be wise about how we use these 52 Sundays and take full advantage of these opportunities if they're valuable to you, okay? And so that's one thing that we can do, and I thought maybe that was an easy one because you're all here except for the one guy listening online. <clears throat> so that's, a, that's one thing I think is wi- a wise way to, to build your relationship with, with God, a wise way to invest your time. Let me tell you another one. Here we go. Daily devotional time, right? My goodness, you've heard me say this so many times. You're absolutely sick of it, aren't you, right? You're sick of it. You know I've said this so many times. A daily devotional time, a daily quiet time, a time with God, whatever you want to call it, a time that is made up of you reading the Bible, whether it's a chapter or four chapters or a few verses or whatever it is, reading the Bible and lifting up some prayers to your God. You're sick of me saying this, aren't you? <laughs> because when I say it, the response I get is usually, I usually get one or two responses. One response is, I'm already doing that, lay off. Or the response is, I know I should be, but I'm not. And so this is a wise way to invest our time. Now, this is great. This is great to come together and hear somebody talk at you about God is, is great. But I can't, I've told you this before, I can't be your replacement for reading the Word of God for yourself. I can't. And whatever Sean does with the band up here, whatever they play, whatever the lyrics are, that's great and that's valuable, but it's not a replacement for actually getting into this Word of God for yourself. It's just not and the things that you can experience, and those of you who have developed this discipline or this habit or this practice of doing that daily devotional time, you can, you can speak to the fact that there is something that can only happen in that one-on-one time where it's you and your Father. 
And so here's what we're going to do. I will stop talking to you about the importance of this once we all start doing it. Is that something a good deal? So you can all have a meeting without your pastor, decide you're going to do it, and then come back to me and say, you don't have to talk about this anymore. I'm like, oh, great, all right? Because I'm sick of talking about it too. No, I'm not sick of talking about it. We're going to keep talking about it because it's an important thing. We need to invest that quality time with God. Even those of us who have this habit, even those of us who have this routine, stuff can happen. You wake up late one day and it's like, oh, well, I'll get to it later. And it doesn't, oh, man, it throws off your whole day, right? Doesn't it? Those of you who do this? And so let's make this a priority. Don't think of it as, this is just a Christian discipline and I'm doing this because, you know, my pastor won't let up about it and I know I'm supposed to be like doing this, so I'm just going to do it. It's not about that. It's about investing some time in your relationship with your Father, with your Heavenly Father. It's not just discipline for the sake of discipline. It's not just being able to wear a badge and say, hey, I read my Bible today. It's about building into a relationship. And when you look at those words of God, when you read those words of God, what you're seeking after is Him, is God. Not just advice, not just rules, not just counsel, not just comfort, but let me seek after you as I open your word. So you can show up at a church service like this. You can read your word. You should be doing that. We should all be doing that on a daily basis. Have that devotional time. There are other things we can do. Take a look at your bulletin. I briefly mentioned the small groups that are going on. You know, a small group or a community group or a Bible study or whatever you want to call it. It's an opportunity for people to sit around in a circle, not just sit in rows and stare at me, but sit around in a circle and discuss the word of God together. And so here you go. You're kind of combining the two aspects that we've already talked about. There's like the communal thing that happens on Sunday morning. There's a private thing that happens when it's just you and the Bible. But to sit around in a small group, that's like, that's the best of both worlds. It's a powerful thing to be able to lift up your objections, okay? We've been doing this church thing for over five years, and so far nobody's raised their hand in the middle and said, hey, I've got a question for you, Pastor. By the way, thank you for not doing that, because that would just throw me off. But, but small group is an opportunity to talk as a group, and it's not about who's leading so much. It's just talking together, asking questions. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't understand what this part says. What is Paul talking about when he writes this letter? You know, you have an opportunity to ask those questions, and it's more than just that. You're praying for one another, and you are investing in each other's lives. And let me tell you what, we need that. This whole Christianity thing, this whole following Jesus thing, you cannot do it on your own. You can't. And so we'll continue to talk about the importance of community groups and small groups as we go into the fall. But just, look, we got the information there as early as we could. You know, it's in your bulletin now. Karen was great trying to assemble pieces and get that in the bulletin for this week. Be aware that these groups are happening, okay? Take a look at this. This is a great way to invest your time building into community, building your relationship with God. There's other ways to build in your relationship with God. One of the most powerful ways that you can build your relationship with God is by doing what he said, by serving him. You know, those of us who went to Kenya, we're there for two weeks and we're just following God on a daily basis. We're experiencing like that Acts 2 kind of a church where we're sharing all things in common. And so by actually going out and doing stuff, you know, those of you who were at Loaves and Fishes this past Thursday, well, that's not officially a small group, but you're there with other believers and you're serving God together. My goodness gracious, you get to know God through these kind of experiences. It's a valuable and important thing. Take a look at the scripture passage, just a couple of verses that's in your bulletin. And this is one of those scripture passages that makes um, some Christians uncomfortable and some um, Jewish people uncomfortable when they look at this. It's in the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament. 
And so it's an idea about God in these couple of verses we have, an idea about God that, like I said, makes, a little bit, uh, that makes us a little bit uncomfortable, and here's what it says. And so just to give you some context, um, at this point in history, um, God had already freed the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. He worked through Moses, and there was this exodus. That's why the book is called Exodus. God has already given the people the Big Ten, right, the Ten Commandments, the stone tablets have come down, and you've seen the movies or whatnot. And Chuck Heston is there delivering the Ten Commandments. And so that's already happened at this point. And so God is reiterating some of the Big Ten. And there's one that throughout the New Testament, he keeps coming back to this one. It says, I'm looking at verse 14, Do not worship any other god, for the Lord whose name is jealous. That's weird. For the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. A jealous God. Christians, how do you feel about that? That your God is a jealous God. How do you defend that? Jealousy is not a good thing, right? I thought jealousy was, we don't want to be jealous people, right? The Lord your God is, do you know how many times in the Old Testament that it talks about God being a jealous God? Do you know how many times? Really, do you know? Because I looked it up and I forget. It's a, bunch of, it's a bunch of times, though. Look it up. He says it. A bu- I am a jealous God. And we're not talking about like a passive. I'm a little bit jealous. He's a jealous God. He's after us. What is that about? Jealousy. Well, you know what jealousy feels like, don't you? You know what that's like. We see jealousy at our house, right? If you're a parent and you have more than one kid, you've seen jealousy, right? What's jealousy about? Well, why, is, why are you spending more time with her than with me? Why does she get more time with you than I do? Why did you do this with her and not with me? And it's jealousy. Huh? Jealousy is almost always related to time. Give me some more time. Give me some more attention. Well, attention and time go hand in hand. Give me some more of that, you know? Couples, young couples who are dating, you know, the girlfriend sees her boyfriend go off. Why is, he, why is he spending time with her? Why is he spending time with his friends and not with me and vice versa? Why is she out with her friends and not with me? Jealousy. Between friends, this can happen, Right? Why are they all hanging out and they didn't get invited? Where's my time? Where's my share? Where's my attention? That's jealousy as humans experience, right? And there's a difference between jealousy and being covetous. You know, the co- wanting what someone else has. Sometimes we think of that as jealousy. But we're talking about like relational jealousy here. Why do they get your time and I don't? Why does this other person get your time but I don't? Why does this other activity get your time and I don't? And God says, just to make this clear, so many times in the New Testament, just to make this, I'm jealous. I want your time. I'm your Father, God. Look at what I've done for you. Everything. I've made you you. I've given you life. And, you know, this was in the Old Testament, but in our time, he has given us salvation in Jesus Christ. He gave us his own son. He sacrificed his own son on a cross to die, a painful sinner's death on our behalf. Look at what I've done for you. Spend some time with me. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of these other gods. Now back, if you look at your scripture passage, back in the Old Testament time, in the times of Exodus, there were literal other, you know, things that people created, statues that they called gods, right? You know what I mean? And they would worship these gods. We don't have that today. Back in Old Testament times where they were worshiping false gods, it was very overt, right? Because they literally called them gods, the things that we spend our time doing, the things that we worship, we don't call them gods. If we did, I think it'd be a little bit more obvious to us that we're idol worshipers, right? You know, those of you who are dating, if you called your girlfriend God, oh, I got to go spend some time with my God. Or girls, if you called your boyfriend God, I got to go spend some time with my, my God over here. You know, lowercase g, ain't nothing but a g thing, baby, right? If we, spend, if we call these things God, oh, I got to go make money at my God, or I got to go earn some God at my job, right? 
Or I've got to get back in time so I can be with my God. You know what I mean? If we use the term God to describe these other things that steal our time from us, that we give our time to, we might be aware of the fact, more aware of the fact that we're robbing God of what belongs to him, the one and only God of what belongs to him. It's us. You know, the thing that's most precious to God is us. He wants us. He wants to be in relationship with us. It's not about rule following. It's about relationship. He wants to be in relationship with you. Have you ever heard that song? What's it called? Cat's Cradle. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Don't make me sing this song anymore. Do you know that song? Did you ever hear it? All right. Some, one person's heard it. If you hear this song, well, audience participation today. I don't know how that song ever got any radio play because it's the saddest stinking song in the world. I Googled the lyrics. I'm like, what? It's so sad. If you're not familiar with this song, let's play it. We're going to play it for you right now. Here we go. No, I'm just kidding. We'd all be crying if we played it for you now. If you're not familiar with the song, I can't even quote the lyrics to you without getting choked up, but it's about a father. It's a father, and I think it's a son that he's talking to specifically, and the son wants the father's time, but the father is too busy working. Guys, we know what that's like. The father's too busy, and he's trying to build his career and build his finances and all this stuff, but then there's a change that happens. Oh, man. And the father, he's established, and he's retired, and now he's got time, and he wants to spend some time with his son he calls up his son. His son's like, I can't, Dad. I'm busy. I got to work. I got to do this. I got to do this. And it's like, my boy was just like me. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah, my heart. But you see that kind of thing play out. And there's this picture. There's this picture of now there's this old, you know, papa-type character who just wants some time with his kid. Just wants some time. What if you saw God that way? You know, some of you have, you know, parents or grandparents and kind of like that advanced stage of life and they're in nursing homes and, and all they want, all they want is some of your time. I mean, they live for those moments when you stop by. If you have a weekly visit or a monthly, they live for those phone calls. We make this trip, oh my goodness, down to South Carolina every year to see my grandparents and they live for it. They live for it. And as we're leaving, when are you coming back next year? And they pl- they'll plan the whole year for our visit because that's, that's my grandpapa. And he's down there. And he wants to spend some time with his family. It's not about the activity. It's spending time. This past year when we were down there, we just sat in his garage. His garage door opened, sat down in a couple of lawn chairs, and just looked out of the street and had a chat. That's it. Because that's what he wanted. It, what if we saw God that way? As a papa, just kind of waiting. When's that next visit going to happen? When's that phone call coming? When am I going to get that next card or email? Or when's, when's that next investment of time going to happen? What if we saw God like that? Because the reality is he is our papa, and he does want our time. He does want to be with us. So I know I've told you all these things that you've already heard before, different ways that you can invest in your relationship with God. But what I'm encouraging you to do today is don't think of it as a chore. Don't think of it as a discipline. Think of it as bringing a huge smile to Papa's face. Oh, you're going to spend some time with me today? Oh, fantastic. Oh, you're opening your Bible. You're going to say some prayers. You're going to lift up some praise. You're going to ask me for some things. Great, whatever it is. Wonderful. You're going to go to a small group and spend some time with other believers. Think of it that way, bringing a smile to Papa's face. He wants to be in relationship with us. He wants us to think of him as our Papa and build into that relationship. Let's give Papa God what he wants.
Let's give him time with us. And you know what happens when we give God our time? Do you know who wins? We do. We do. The more time that you spend with God, the more that you understand his way, and the greater your perspective is with your world. You understand things with more clarity. You understand people with more clarity. You have a heart that, that, that beats in rhythm with your fathers, and that's what he wants. And so let's do this thing, yes? Let's not just talk about Let's do this thing. Let's spend some time with Papa God. Let me pray for you now. Uh, Papa, we, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for, um, for wanting to be that, that perfect father to us. We thank you that you want our time. I mean, that's, <laughs> we're honored that you want to be in relationship with us. And so, Father, teach us how to make a relationship with you our priority. Show us, allow us to open up our calendars and, and pencil you in. Our first appointment of the day is with Papa. Allow us to make that a priority and allow us to invest our time wisely. And Father God, I pray again that you would give us the wisdom to say no to the things that are getting in the way of our building that relationship with you. Lord Jesus Christ, again, we are honored, honored that you and the Father, the triune God, that you want to be in relationship with us. Help us to value that relationship as much as you do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.